YMYW listener Alan feels that there are two unspoken assumptions that many different podcasters make when it comes to claiming Social Security benefits. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 437, Joe and Big Al spitball on those assumptions, along with a safe retirement withdrawal rate before and after Social Security and pension for Rick and Jen, and a thrift savings plan and Social Security retirement strategy for Teresa. Plus, Mark and his wife are semi-retired at 51 and 44. Are they going to run out of money? And where should Mary be saving for retirement? And how should she handle large Roth conversions before required minimum distributions kick in? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Hello, Joe, Big Al, and Andy. have listened weekly since early 2021. Wow, I'm still listening. Mostly when driving my Subaru Impreza. Impreza? Impreza, yep. You know what that is? Subaru. Subaru, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Smart ass. I think it's a smaller one. It's like a it, compact car, yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, but often at home, when in the mood for some financial thinking. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me sit down. Ever in the mood for some financial thinking. Well, you know, the Clopine household once a year, <laughs> we have that Clopine financial summit. Uh, hey, honey, are you in the mood <laughs> for some financial thinking? It's funny how she always says no. Because <laughs> Al and I are always in the mood for finance. <laughs> it's amazing how we, even when we're not, this show starts and we're right there. Oh, uh, would really appreciate your reaction to my scenario. I'm 62. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Over the past two years, I've run the open Social Security model dozens of times to inform my decisions on when to take Social Security. The open Social Security model. Okay. Um, ever heard of that? No. My break even age for starting at 62 versus 70, 78. Okay. Uh, that would be 16 years of foregone income from 62 to 78, recouped from 78 to 85. In podcast after podcast, yours and many others, there appears to me to be two unspoken assumptions. One, that the listener will outlive their actual life expectancy, 85 in my case. Okay. And two, that having outlived their life expectancy, they will enjoy the fruits of all that income that they have foregone in their 60s and 70s where they are in their 80s and 90s. And I, I cannot square my mind. Is it more valuable to wait to 70 to start than to take the income at 62 and enjoy it while my wife and I are in our 60s and 70s traveling and partying versus when we're in our 80s? And like so many family and friends of our parents' generation whom we observe intimately homebound and visiting hospitals and medical clinics and pharmacies instead of Nova Scotia, Barbados, and Tahiti? Yeah, come on. Let's get with That sounds way more fun. I love this guy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm I'm changed my mind. 62. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Barbados, Nova Scotia. He's going to the, the I've already been the to the office tomorrow. I always already been to Tahiti three times. God, I'm already past 62. Oh. I'm starting tomorrow. All right. Are these assumptions really there in the background as advisors and podcasters say wait until 70? Or am I missing something here? I don't have to spend at all. I can save and invest some of that Social Security income, too, uh, purposely omitting my DEET 
because I am after your reflection on the two unspoken assumptions rather than on my personal situation. Thank you. Okay. Fine. Players men. Drink of choice. All right. Let's see. Which is on the desk at hand as I write this email is vodka on the rocks with a little lemon or cherry juice. Okay. All right. Hardcore. Yeah. Don't want to mix anything with that booze. You know? <laughs> let's let's just go straight. Have have a little flavoring. All uh, right. P.S. Listened, just listened to Christine from Seattle and understood perfectly her comments that you have mellowed out of the past couple of years, Joe. She nailed it. All right. Ha ah. <laughs> <laughs> ha, Alan from Defusky Island. Defusky Island in South Carolina. I uh, looked it up. Yeah, Defusky. Defusky. Fusky, have you mellowed, Joe? What, what, what do you think, Andy? Has he mellowed? I, like I said last time, I'm not sure in what way he has mellowed, but if other if if the listeners feel that he has, then awesome. I'm tired. Uh, I'm gonna say <laughs> I got I'm, I'm gonna say yes. You got two young kids. And I got a two year old kid. He mellowed. It's like you know what? I'm getting I, old. I don't have the energy. All riled <laughs> up. Chase anyway. around this little two year old. <laughs> I still can't believe I have a child. So what say you? Why why not take social security at 62 so you can go to Nova Scotia and Barbados and Tahiti? I love it. Alan, to be honest with you, you know, I, let's do it. I get it. I yeah. totally get it. Um, I think most people still, the majority of the, the uh, uh, people take it as soon as they can get it. You know how many people take it at age 70? Like, like 4%. Like 2, two or 3%. But all you podcasters oh, wow. out there... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people take it at 70, but if you do the math, all right, so how we look at it as advisors, as professionals in this industry is that we're looking at it as longevity insurance. Correct. That, that's different than break even. That's different than break even. That's different as an investment. And so as you age, you want to make sure that you age with dignity in yes. that you want to have a high income floor as possible. So that's why a lot of professionals say, you know what, it probably makes sense to push this thing out as long as you possibly can, because then that's going to give you the highest possible balance or um, highest payment from Social Security. Yeah, because you, you don't know how you're going, how long you're live, and and plus, when you're married, you know, one spouse may outlive the other by a lot, right? And so, a, a, a great strategy is to take the higher benefit, push that out to seventy, or if you don't like 70, 68, 66, I don't care. Push it out a little bit so the survivor gets a higher benefit because the survivor gets the higher the two benefits and then start the other one earlier so you can go on all your trips. But I get his point. I, I do too. And so I think most people are in his camp. Yeah. it's and, and the other thing too is if you actually collect more than you need and can invest it, this is a great strategy. Most people don't. Most people get it and spend it. So, right. so we're kind of going on that assumption. But let's say someone has shorter life expectancy. Yeah. And, and because he's got some scars, right? He's looking, he's like, man, I remember just going to clinics and hospitals and, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't want my yeah. social security yeah, to be used for that, be, be used for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, in it. my you know sixties and seventies, I'm going to be partying. That's the go-go years. That, yeah. Just the <laughs> so Alan, I, I think mathematically you, we look at it differently. We don't look at it as an investment where you can invest and say, Hey, it's going to break even at age 78. So you're assuming that I have to live at past age 78 to reap any benefits. Yeah, Sure. I mean, that's true if you look at it that way, but there's a lot of assumptions that you can make. 
Um, yeah, when you think about it as longevity insurance, it's a little different perspective. But yeah, I totally get it too. And and certainly if you have impaired life expectancy or as a couple, you both have a pair life expectancy or you need the money, take it at 62. <laughs> Most people do, by the way. Most people take it at 62 and we see that being a mistake in, in many cases. Yeah. Um, but in some cases it's, it's right on. It's right on because it's like, all right, well here, my, my living expenses are going to be so much higher during these, uh, this time period. Yeah, right. And then they're going to get cut in half because we're not going to Barbados and I'm not, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, run your numbers. It's your financial plan, right? It's your life. And so you want to make sure that you construct your overall finances that really match up to what you're trying to accomplish. And if it's taken at 62, so you can party, take it at 62. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There are over 2,700 rules around claiming your Social Security benefits, so it's a really good idea to explore all your options before you file. Download our free Social Security handbook and figure out how to maximize your monthly Social Security payments. This guide explains who is eligible, how Social Security benefits are calculated, the dollar difference between collecting early versus collecting late, working while taking Social Security, details on spousal, ex-spousal, and survivor benefits, and how your social security is taxed. To download the social security handbook, just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app and look for the financial resources just above the episode transcript. Then tap that share button there in the podcast show notes and tell your friends about YMYW to share the love and spread the knowledge. Got a call from uh, Rick and Jen from Atwater, Ohio. It's actually an email, but we'll call it a call. Okay. Good point. Save withdrawal rates, pre-Social Security pension and post-Social Security pension. Oh, she, uh, That's he, his title. He or she titled it. <laughs> All right. Big fan of the podcast. Great road trip radio. Ah, so listening on long drives. All right. Do you think it's him or her that's putting this on? Um, it's Rick and Jen. I think it's a. But you think it's both of them? Oh, yeah. They're both tight. They're both in it. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. We live in Northeast Ohio and have been listening to you guys, Ohio slang versus Ying's gays. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yin's? Is that what they say? Yin's guys? Yin's guys. Yin's guys, if you're from PA. Uh, for a few years now, uh, Rick is 53, Jen is 51. Current income is a combined 250,000. Current spending is $95,000 a year. I wonder how many couples actually listen to us. It seems like it's, <laughs> it's more than one. Well, it's not many, though. It's like usually it's one and then forces the other one. Yes, yeah, I like I wonder the, how many of them actually type emails together. Though. I think uh, most. <laughs> Well, they're listening over dinner or having we sex in the driveway. Know. We yeah. don't know if Rick or Jen wrote this, do we? I don't know. Current spending is $95,000 a year. Accounts are combined $2.3 million, $850 in a brokerage, $850, traditional $550 in Roth, including two smaller HSC accounts. Uh, we'll be doing strategic Roth conversions over the next few years to be tax advantage in our later years. Yeah. That's that's a lot better than the non-strategic conversions. <laughs> yes, you definitely want to be strategic yeah. to be tax advantage. Right. Uh, if we retire at age 53 for Rick this year and age 54 for Jan three years from now uh, and work part-time in retirement, making $20,000 a year until age 60, along with a $20,000 a year pension for Jen coming online in 2035 and $45,000 for Rick, no Social Security for Jen coming online 
in 2040. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on here. <laughs> you got that? I, I just got all of the parts. No. Yeah. But someone's coming online, online. <laughs> we got Rick and Jen, couple of Wait years, no years. I just opened up Excel. <laughs> What's 2040? <laughs> How much? Okay. okay. All right. So Rick wants to retire at 53. Jen at 54. All right. So yeah. Rick has done this year. Jen, she's got a couple of years. Okay. Right. I'm with you guys. Okay. Okay, they're going to work part-time in retirement to age 60. So both of them are going to work part-time making 20000 So is okay. that 10 apiece or is that 20 apiece? You pick. All right. Let's call it 20000 <laughs> all in. Okay. All right. Then they got $28,000 pension. It's coming online. Yeah. Not offline. That's coming online in 2035. <laughs> hey, now, we're coming we, online. We got, we, got, we got a 12-year gap there. All right. Have calculate that 2035. Then we have $45,000 Social Security for Rick that will be coming online on 2040. Got it. All right. So, okay. how high can our safe withdrawal rate be pre pension in Social Security to maintain our expenses $95,000 a year without exposing ourselves to sequence of return risk? Okay. Um, we expect our Social Security and pensions will cover our fixed expenses in retirement. With the discretionary and uh, given expenses coming from the portfolio. Things I ponder as I cook out a medium rare filet while drinking a Steigel grapefruit rattler. It's an Austrian shandy with yeah. real grapefruit juice. I've actually it's, it's a it. mixed beer drink. It's a shandy is it's, 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 it's actually pretty good. It's a beer with lemonade. Yeah, it's, it's like it's grapefruit a, well, in this case, grapefruit juice, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a lighter beer. It's, they're, they're pretty good. All right. And looking at my 1984 Dodge Ram pickup truck, all right, 84 Ram, uh, which guzzles gasoline and has old fashioned window handles to roll up your windows. The good old days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You ever have a roll up? Oh, yeah. Car? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's been a long time. I missed those. Now, if the if the motor goes out, you got to take it to the mechanic. I don't miss them at all. I nope. don't. No, I don't want to do the crank anymore. Wow, <laughs> get a good workout. Uh, I suppose. Keep up the great work. You are teachers at heart. Have a great summer. Thank you, Rick and Jen. Awesome. Okay, so we got a lot of different fixed income sources yeah. coming in at different times, and then when the full fixed income sources come at age seventy. Is that all right? That should cover our living expenses, but we got these stump periods. Yeah, right. It's like, all right, well, how much money can we take from the portfolio and still be okay without blowing ourselves up? I think that's the gist. Yeah, that's the gist. And so I guess there's about 2.3 million liquid right now. And so there's there's gonna be a little bit more savings and growth, not much. Let's call it 2.5. Why don't we why don't we go with that figure? That's what they have when they're both retired. So 2.5, they're going to be 55 years old. So probably a 3% distribution rate, 2.5, 3%. What's that? 75 grand maybe is what you could take from the portfolio. Maybe. Some, but he's going to work. Um, yeah. And, but but then there's the part-time income, right? Of 20 or 40, depending upon how you count it. Maybe that's how they got to the 95. Do you want to spend 95? Is that the number? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, in the early years, you got to be careful, right? To see, he's right because the sequence of return risk is going to blow him up because he's so young. Yeah, and the the truth is, no matter what you do, there always you always have that risk. It's just how you respond to it, right? Right. So what that means is, if the first few years of your retirement, the 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 market tanks, 
right? You can't take that 4% or 3% or two and a half percent because you, you'll never recover, right? You got to take a lot lower figure. So here's one way to look at it. If, um, if we were like the guy that wrote in last week, he's like, hey, want to go on cruises and party? Yeah. If he believes that his fixed income <laughs> is going to be taking care of his living expenses at his age 70, well, just go bananas. <laughs> he got 15 years. True. He got two and a half million bucks, right? You can take 8% out. Yeah. And then you're, you know, then you have no liquid assets at age 70 and you just live off your pensions and social security. Yep. Right. That's one way to look at it. Yep. Another way to look at it is, all right, well, what do you want as liquid assets at age 70? Do you want a million bucks? Okay. Well, then that can help you with your, your distribution rate as well. You know, I don't know if the standard 2%, 3% is the right choice here because he's going to be fine at age 70, given what his assumptions are. I, I would agree with that. So <laughs> you could take a lot more from the portfolio from a standard, you know, historical safe withdrawal rate. True. Yeah. But so the way you mitigate it, another way to think about it is just you have three years, five years, 10 years in safe in, in bonds, yeah, safe money, right? Let's say you have five years and let's say the market tanks for two, but it's going to recover and who cares, right? You, you're using your safe money during periods. That, that's how you solve this. You, you never completely get around it because I mean, we all have market exposure, but the point is you have enough safety to be able to cover any downturn that generally, I mean, the Great Recession, which is the worst one since the Depression, it was what, a year and a half, two years, maybe, where the market went down? It wasn't like 10 years, right? The, the right, because look at it like this, too. Let's say he's spending $100,000 a year. So 10 years on 100000 is a million. So out of his $2 million, he has liquid. You put a half in bonds or real safe money, you have yeah. half in stocks, and then... <laughs> You just blow down the, the bonds. If that's what you need to you, do. You spend 100% of it. You spend a million dollars over the next 10 years, but you have another million dollars that is growing in a diversified stock portfolio. That's right. It, and and But you don't really need it anyway. Right. So that other 10 years of that million dollars <laughs> growing, let's say at 7% over 10 years, guess what? Boom, you got your 2 million back. Yeah, put another million and fix and <laughs> use that for the next five years. Again. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but- now, there's all sorts of different ways that you can slice and dice this. So the, but here's my last point, and then we'll take a break, is that this, the safe withdrawal rate has nothing to do with what you should be withdrawing, in my opinion. It should be there to help you to determine how big of a nest egg that you need when you retire. Because, I mean, if I was Rick and Jen, yes. I'd be looking each year. What, what do we want to do this year? I'm 54 years old. I'm retired. Let's blow it out. I want to go to Italy. I want to do this. I want to do that. So my distribution rate might be pretty high. So I want to be strategic in my overall portfolio. I might be a little bit heavier in cash, depending on what my spending needs are. Right. But you look at it every single year. It's not like here, take 4% out of your portfolio and then call it good. You might pull six out one year, 2% the other. Depends on what the market does, depending on all sorts of different things. Yeah, so. that's a really good point. I mean, this basically, we use this to just see if you're in the ballpark of being on track. Right. It's, it's, that's not, it. it's not your distribution tool. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> ex excellent point. All right. We got Teresa. He goes, hello, Joe, Al, Andy. New listener. Love the show. Love your spitball analysis and humor. Yeah. We At tried, least one we does. Try, <laughs> we try to do that. I have been binge listening to your show for the past few weeks and listened to over 60 shows. In the last wow. few weeks, that's just wall-to-wall -wall Joe and Al. That's, oh my. 
How many times have you done that? Yeah, never. <laughs> Not even close. I mean, that's like I've been watching um like these TV shows. I know. Yeah. I actually have been watching one recently. And there's um back where you know the waterboarding and the torture. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a fun thing to watch on TV. I forget what show it was, but they were investigating it. It was about the guy Is that, 20, that was 24, one of those. No, no, it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I was, you know, they, it's like sleep deprivation. Okay. Right? So okay. They, they, they turn on a bunch of heavy metal music and you know, they can, can't go to sleep. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And it's just like torture. Then they put on the flashing lights. Yeah, oh, yeah. so you're comparing that to YMYW. Yes. I yeah. gotcha. This okay. Would be, this would be, this would be a, just like arsenal. that. Got yes. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so <laughs> let's continue. Okay. We live in Southern California. My husband drives a 2018 A6. All right. And I drive a 2011 Honda Pilot. We both love margaritas on the rocks and a Corona uh, when we drink, but not often. Okay. Uh, we are 56 years old and plan to retire at 59. Here are a few questions for you. Uh, should we contribute to the Roth TSP until we retire? Influenced by listening to your show, influencer, Al, that's that's you. <laughs> what should we do with the TSP funds when we retire? Should we leave them in the TSP account? Or should we move them over to Fidelity? Uh, we always plan on taking Social Security at 62 and invest, but I hear you recommend taking Social Security at 70. Does that work in our case? Here's the details, Big Al. Okay. Our portfolio is diversified in value and growth stocks, some index funds, and very little bonds. We max out our TSP and contribute extra to the catch-up of $6,500. We enjoy doing individual stocks analysis before buying stocks. Ooh, stock pickers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you got fundamental, top-down, yeah, bottom-up, fundamental. Which, which are we doing here? Or feel? <laughs> We have about $100,000 per year. We'll require about $150,000 of income in our early retirement years and enjoy traveling. Uh, just the gross income is $268,000. Uh, combined TSP accounts is $2.5 million. Uh, combined Roth, $400,000. My husband is doing backdoor Roth now, but I have an old IRA, so I can't. Uh, $1.1 in an investment account. Liquid savings is one seventy. Fixed income in retirement is 135000 at 59. Pension and Social Security bridge. And 155000 at 62 with pension and Social Security. Dividends, $40,000 a year in DRIP now. All What's right. that mean? Direct reinvestment program. Ah, okay. That's great. I knew what it was. I didn't know what it, what it stood for. I was certified financial planner. <laughs> you were paying attention. That's why you? I asked you. you. Usually you see that on like firefighters and policemen and people like that. Uh, wow. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. Well, so far, so good. My original plan was to use our fixed income in dividend retirement and tap into the other accounts if and when needed. Uh, we plan to start Roth conversions after we retire to the top of the 24% tax bracket to minimize our RMDs at age 73 of about $160,000 per year. Um, <clears throat> we will have a couple of large expenses to consider. Our son is a junior in college, and his undergraduate expenses is covered with a 529, but his medical school and wedding is going to be about 200 plus. Got it. Okay. Let's assume he gets in. Yeah, right. And he gets married. She's already uh, planning everything out for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be a doctor and you're going to get married in the next couple of years. You know, Mom, I don't want to be a doctor and what, I don't have a girlfriend. Right? I don't care. It's, We're going to find one for you. It's not the cards. 
Should we use money from the TSP to pay for medical school? Uh, we have no debt except for our mortgage, 300000 and we choose not to pay it off because our interest rate is 1.99 for the next 12 years. Great. Uh, we believe our investment return can beat that. Sorry for the long email. Just wanted to give you a complete picture. I truly appreciate your time. I really enjoy the humor you bring to the hard and dry topic of finance. All right. Well, thank you very much. It is hard and it, it is. is dry, too. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I was going to say something. I'm going to hold on to that one. Okay. Okay. Right. Let's go to. Um, all right. Well, you want to answer the question? <laughs> uh, well, there's three questions, right? Should we contribute to a raw TSP? The 268000 tax bracket, they got 400000 in raw, $2.5 million in the TSP. I say yes. I think that is the way to go. Uh, agreed. That's, that's kind of a no brainer. Yeah. In fact, you can even do some Roth conversions to stay in the 24%. I would I would think about it that way. Absolutely, because she's got a, an IRA. I'm not sure how much that she has in her IRA, but she's assuming she can't do a backdoor, but she can just convert. It's the same tax consequence. True. Yeah. So just convert seven grand or right. sixty five hundred or right. whatever the number is. Right. Right. Because her husband's doing it, but she feels that she can't because I have an IRA. It's the same effect. Yeah. True. Good point. What should we do with the TSP funds when we retire? Um, if you're comfortable, but they're they're big stock pickers, so I don't know. Maybe you go into a, a brokerage account, pick some stocks. But Good. I like the TSP. TSP is okay. Yeah, a lot of them have very low costs, and it, I guess it depends upon the on the TSP fund itself. You know what the investment choices are, but I guess it it's a bit of a toss up. It, it, personal choice, really. Yeah, there's pros and cons to keeping it in your employer retirement plan. Um, so there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of cons, really depending on what you want to do and how you want to manage the money and right. how you want to look at the dollars in regards to, you know, um, from a consolidation perspective, do you want to look at one statement? Um, you know, do you want to look at the overall return of all of your funds and things like that? In one I mean, place. In yeah. one place. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, so, but they so, use it to pay for medical school too. No, I don't think you use the TSP uh, funds to pay for medical school. Yeah, you've got the investment account, one point one million. So instead of doing that, put those funds, do the Roth conversion, right, and then get more money into Roth IRA. Why? I, apparently, this the, these people are doing pretty well. Yeah, there's not much we can add to this. There's a huge pension. They don't spend a ton of money, <laughs> and they got millions. <laughs> Social Security, sixty-two seventy. Um, it doesn't matter. It does. It really doesn't. I totally agree. If if you, it seems like you're the kind of people that are disciplined to take it early and invest. Go for it if that's what you want to because do. Because it's all about the assumptions that you make here. So yeah, if, yeah. If, because they're like, hey, we want to take it at sixty two. We're going to invest it. We're going to make six percent on our money. Yeah. Or or take one at sixty two and let the big one grow. I, it's you're fine either way. It doesn't really matter. Right. If you need the money, take it. If you want to push it out to age seventy, you're going to get a higher benefit guaranteed for life. Right. But then. Do you think you could probably eke more money out of the overall system if you took it at 62 and invested it and in, in got a lot larger rate of return yeah. than the Social Security Administration's given you? Yeah, with your stock picking. Sure. Right. So, yeah. Um, but I don't know where she would come up with okay, should I pay for medical school with pre tax dollars? Well, I think she's thinking, probably, I'm guessing she's thinking instead of a Roth conversion for that year. And I'm saying do the Roth conversion as, as planned. And pay for it out of your non-qualified account so that you can get more into the Roth. Right. Because how old are they? Six or 
They're 56. 56, yeah. So let's call it 20 years, and they got $2.5 million in a retirement account. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of time to get it out. Right. And so she's using a pretty conservative number. If if her R&D is going to be a heck of a lot more than $136,000. Right. So, I mean, that could double twice. Yeah, for sure. So now you're looking maybe twice as large of an R&D, and you're going to potentially be in the highest tax bracket. But I would fill up the 24% bracket as, as long as you can. That might go away in 2027. That's what it's scheduled to do. Right. And they're going to have a pretty high bridge on a fixed income perspective, too. Yeah, right. So I would try to get as much money out of the retirement account as possible, um, do the conversions. Yeah, um, Social Security. It's... And then uh, next week, you can do the podcast. We'll listen and get your <laughs> ideas. Yeah, all right. Teresa, thanks for the uh, email. Let Joe and Big Al spitball on your financial situation. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes. Then click Ask Joe and Al on air. Send in a voice message or an email and include relevant details like your name, ages, and location. The name can be whatever you want. The ages and location need to be real for a more accurate spitball. Also, when do you and your spouse, if you have one, want to retire? How much do you think you'll need to spend annually in retirement? How much you make and save now? How much you already have saved and in what types of accounts? Along with any other details that are relevant to your financial situation and your question. And for maximum entertainment, Joe's that is, don't forget to mention where or how you listen to YMYW, what you drink, and anything else you want to share. Because the show would not be a show without you. Got Mark from St. George, Utah. Hey, guys and gal. Daily Podcast Junkie and I found your show about six months ago when it was recommended to me in my Facebook retirement group. Nice. Thank you, Facebook group. Huh? Not on Facebook. I am, but I'm not part of a Facebook retirement group. You're not. Are you part of any group, Alan? And and Facebook? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Andy? Oh, yeah. Jillian's. <laughs> I'm part lots of and I'm, lots. Yeah. I, I have different <laughs> subscriptions in YouTube, but I don't think I'm part of a face group, face, face, Facebook group. Retirement group. Certainly yeah. not a retirement group. I, mean, I run a bunch of Facebook groups, so I don't have any choice. I, I wonder if, if Mark ever gets in the the retirement mood or well <laughs> he only listens to it when he's in the mood uh okay no facebook retirement group well, yeah, thank yeah. you group uh can you spitball this for me of course we can all right i'm 51 why 44 semi-retired we want to be fully retired but am not sure if we'll run out of money roughly two million dollars in house equity in our primary home and four rentals that kick off about $36,000 net income after all expenses, taxes, insurance, repairs, loan repairs, vacancy. We also have about 400000 in taxable brokerage accounts, 400000 more in qualified retirement accounts across both of us, and $100,000 in cash. Mortgage debt of $900,000 has an average 27 years left until paid off at for uh, favorable loan rates of 3.5%. I would estimate rents will increase only slightly 2% per year with where we live in Southern Utah. Each of the four rentals will need updating over the next 10 to 20 years. I would guesstimate $40,000 per. We spend $13,000 a month. That includes the $6,000 a month for the four mortgages. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, five mortgages. Uh, So we spend $7,000 a month on everything else to live on that's not mortgage related. So I'm confused already here, bud, because he's saying he's got 37,000 year net income after all expenses. 
So that's taxes, insurance, repairs, loan, vacancies. Yeah. So, so he's already why is he that. Double, why is he double counting? I'm with wondering me? that too. So, so the, seven thousand is the the number that we're we're shooting for, right? I get. I think it's seven thousand plus the mortgage on his house, but we don't really know. So let's call it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's uh, yeah. Let's call it. Let's call it. Because track. he's already netting thirty six that yeah, is in, in, including the other six thousand. So thirty thousand. But let's say he's spending eight grand. Let's say he's spending a hundred thousand a year. Okay. How perfect. about that? All right. Okay, <clears throat> and everything that's not mortgage-related. Uh, you can assume that the same spending to live will continue to increase with inflation at 3 or 4%. We plan to take Social Security as late as possible, no pensions. So he's not going to Barbados with our boy. Apparently not. All right, we will have a little side income each year, but let's leave that out of the spitball, okay? Okay, okay. got it. We reluctantly to start living off our assets to make up the difference in rental income versus our spending $7,000 a month minus $3,000 a month rental income equals $4,000 a month shortfall. Okay. Yeah, that's 48 grand. I think he's missing his home mortgage, but anyway. We will run out of money uh, running a $48,000 annual uh, cash flow deficit at our age. Will we run out? Yeah. Now, we both have longevity in our family, nine to $100,000 life expectancy. Uh, we drive a couple of high mileage Toyotas. All right, little Venenza, Venza, in a Rav Four, Venza, right. Venza. Yep. We have a Tabby Cat Gus, and I like <clears throat> all types of beer and wine in morning mimosas. You like mimosas in the morning? I like all types of beer wine. <laughs> <laughs> in the morning in the morning <laughs> got it okay especially uh, when you're on a golf course he's got it brother yeah. if it's wet then it's good <laughs> got it all right the wife will sip off my chardonnay now and again but isn't a big drinker really love the show and look forward to your answers cheers and thank you guys looking to retire pretty early big al yeah he's 51 <laughs> she's 44 they got they got about nine hundred thousand saved, but a hundred thousand is in cash for emergencies. So there's really about eight hundred thousand of investments to work with. So that's what we're going with. And also between rentals, which generate income, it looks like Mark needs about fifty thousand a year from his portfolio. He says four thousand a month. Yeah, that's forty eight thousand. We'll call it fifty. And if you take fifty thousand into eight hundred. That's a 6.2% distribution rate. That, that's too high. At 51 years old, if you're pulling 6% plus out of the portfolio, it's too high. It's rich. It's, it's gonna, I, say, you're going to burn through the cash. I'd say upper end 3%, and that might even be generous. So let's take 800,000 times 3%. That's 24,000 maybe you could pull. So you're about halfway there, right? So maybe you need another 25,000 plus of side income. I mean, this is back of the envelope, right? Totally. So don't don't quote us, but just to give you an idea, no, you're not really quite there yet, but you're not that far. And you've got equity and properties. Could you sell a property and make this up? Maybe. I don't know enough about the properties. Right. Well, you'll lose income too. Though. You, well, you do. Yeah. And that you gotta, so we you, need to know what the cap rate got, is or cash. You got to calculate that. But I think the easiest way to think about this is uh, if you can create some side income, 20, 24, 25,000, maybe 40. 25 to 40, just to be safer, then this probably works. So I, I look at it a different way too, and then work myself backwards. Is that, he, so Mark is 52, his wife is 44, all right? And so there's, wife's life expectancy is 50 years. Right, yeah. So you you, you need this money to last. You do. 
And so if I'm at 52, I'm not going to receive, he doesn't have any pensions and he wants to push social security out as long as possible. So age 70, Yeah. if he retires at 50, right, he, he'll have enough credits for social security, but I don't know what him and his wife and, and his wife retires at 44. Right. Yeah. So sure. I, I'm looking at his living expenses and they're given a three and a half percent inflation rate on it. So he needs 48,000 now, 20 years from now, 3%. It's roughly 90 grand. Yeah. So, 90,000 is the shortfall that he'll need from his investments. Um, but he'll have Social Security at that point. We have no idea what the Social Security is. So something Mark can do as he's spitballing himself is that, well, that sounded really weird. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Okay, I won't say that again. Um, so you minus the 40,000, let's say that's what they have in Social Security. Yeah. And so then he'd be short 49,000. It's almost the same. Yeah, yeah. So he needs at 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 age 70 roughly 1.2 million. So he's got 800 now. So if he depletes that, he's going to hurt himself in the future. Yeah, right. So I love your idea of doing a part-time, you know, part-time gig, um, you know, getting 25, maybe $50,000 of income between the two of them just to substitute some of the overall income that they need. Yeah, I think and then I think it does work, but it's also something that is enough on the margin of this being successful. You're going to have to keep monitoring it as you go to make sure you don't need to adjust. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I I mean, I think they've done a really good job at their ages with the the, the net worth that they have. Of course, and and with all the rental properties. Yeah, congrats. This is this is great. I mean, you got a lot to work with, really. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of pulling levers at this point, just to, if they're dead set on retirement, you know, then it's getting a little bit more in the nitty gritty. Right. Sure. Uh, we got, hello, Andy, Joe, big Al. Uh, this is Mary from small town, Indiana. Uh, my drink of choice is a nicely chilled New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. I had one of those in New Zealand. No, it's good. Uh, nice accent there, Joe. Thank you very much. Been working on my reading <laughs> skills. <laughs> Preferably outdoors on a warm evening, I drive a 2016 Ford F-150. Yeah. Kind of like the woman that drives Ford Yeah, big, big old trucks. Yep. I love it. Uh, and my home is ruled by two bossy felines. Uh, your show always brightens my morning commute. I'm a longtime fan of your show and enjoy the playful banter. Uh, my quandary is where to place my retirement savings over the next couple of years. Employer tax deferred 401k plan versus Roth in other tax options. Unfortunately, I find myself one of those people who have been saving in the 401k for years rather than into a Roth or an after-tax account. I'm 53 years old, have been with my employer for 30 years, plan on retiring in January 2025. I have zero debt, plan to relocate to Florida immediately following retirement. Uh, so she's got a couple of years going to Florida. Yep. My current home will cover the cost of the new home. So there will continue to be zero debt. Like it. My predicament is how to handle large Roth conversion prior to RMDs. Also, I'm considering working part-time following my retirement. The women in my family live well into their 90s. So I have to consider funding my many years and potential long-term care costs. Fortunately, I'll have employer-sponsored health care. Until Medicare kicks in, uh, my Social Security payments will be around thirty thousand dollars a year. My current savings is eight fifty in a four hundred one k, seven hundred thousand in a pension lump sum, a uh, couple thousand bucks in a Roth, twenty one thousand in a Roth IRA, 
35,000 after tax, 100K in cash. So a total of right around 2 million, 1.7 million. I currently max out the 401k and backdoor Roth, and I put an additional three to $4,000 a month in after-tax accounts. My cost of living will be net $75,000 annually after retirement. She mean after taxes? Mm. I think that's a typo. I'm not sure what that means. Could be. $75,000 annually at, at retirement? At, yeah, let's just say that's what she needs, not including taxes. Okay. Knowing tax rates will soon increase, do you recommend I contribute more money into after-tax accounts now rather than deferred? Or do I wait and do larger Roth conversions later? I'm currently in the 32% tax bracket Uh, with room uh, to increase earnings. If I start to contribute more into after-tax, what percentage would that be? What plan would you suggest for post-retirement conversions if I choose to work part-time to offset some of the living expenses for the first two to three years? I appreciate your money-saving insights and how to handle my last few working years in the following Roth conversions. I would like to peacefully drink a great wine with my friends rather than worrying about how to keep the Fed from taking my vino fund. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good goal. Love it. Okay, she's got a little work to do here. Well, yeah, I mean, some calculations. So $75,000 annually. She's got $1.7 million. Yep. She's got 30000 coming to her from Social Security. Yeah, which won't be for a while. She retired 55. So 55. So she's got she's 67. Got a, so she's got a 12-year bridge. Got a stub period there. So you got $75,000 um, over a 12-year period. Yeah. Uh, that's get, a pretty big number. Figure, you know, maybe by retirement age, it's a couple million. Right from sure. one point seven, yeah, one point seven. Let's call it two million bucks in two years. Yeah. So if you retire at fifty five, we would probably say three three percent distribution rate. So that's sixty. So she needs to make another twenty ish yeah. for right, something something like that. Fifteen twenty. Got to got to pay some taxes with that probably. Right. Um. So so it seems a little short. Although once Social Security kicks in, it's it's a little bit better. Um, might want to consider a little bit of part-time income just to just to bridge the gap. Um, well, she has to. Yeah. Um, if she wants to spend seventy-five thousand well, dollars, doesn't have to. She can. She can, she can spend more and then could, run out of money. She could, work, she could do that for seven years and say, "Okay, I better go back to work now." Right, 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 right. Yeah, but anyway, that uh, we're saying it might be a little bit short with the numbers that you gave us. But uh, uh, as far as your original question. Yeah, I probably would go Roth right now on the on the four hundred one current four hundred one k, not not because it's the right financial answer. You're in a high bracket compared to what you will be, but it's going to be through your your employer through your withholding. You won't even feel it. You get start get some more money into the Roth four hundred one k after you retire. Depending upon how this all works out, that's when you want to start converting. You got twenty years between fifty five and seventy five to get a lot of this converted, so there's plenty of time. Also. I'm not, you know, we don't even know is the, is the, is the lump sum the way to go on the pension? Is the pension better? I mean, you got to look at that too. Right. But I mean, she may, if, if she's in the 32% tax bracket, that's 180 to two, almost 50 of in taxable income. It's a lot, right? So what is she, how much is she saving? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a question too, but maybe this is new for her, right? Maybe I, you know, it's, there's because. A, if if she's making that much today, yeah, 
And then thinking that she'll spend 75 in retirement, I'm I'm missing something here. Yeah, because uh, to be in the 32% bracket, that means uh, 182,000 taxable income. So probably at least a couple hundred thousand of income, maybe more. Yeah. So it's like you're you're asking, okay, well, where is it? I mean, I mean, I see it. Where's the excess income? I, I, yeah. You've been with your employer for thirty years. You got right. eight fifty in the four hundred one k plan. So yes. how long have you been yeah. maxing that out? So the question is, are you sure, sure you're spending seventy five? Yep, yep. Take, Be- yeah, good point. Take a good look at that. Because this is where people blow up. Yeah, is that the, no one really knows what they spend. They're not here to judge. I don't care what you spend. Yeah. Spend as much as you want, but you want to make sure that you have the right plan in place for what you're spending. Right. Because it's like, oh, I'm I'm going to spend half as much as I'm spending today. Yeah. Well, l- let me tell you, you're moving to Florida, girl. You're going to enjoy <laughs> life and you're going to have some vino. You're going to have some new friends. You're going to get a convertible. You're going to get <laughs> that you know, cost, cost some money. That, that Ford F-150 is going to get sold and she's going to get a nice little Camaro convertible. Camaro. Oh, I, I like it. A little muscle cars. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, people always yeah. underestimate well, what they spend. Yeah, how many times have we had someone come in? And they, 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 we ask them how much they're spending, and they say, "Oh, uh, about two thousand, yeah, a, a couple thousand a month." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you live in uh, in La Jolla in California, right? Yeah, and I your property taxes, uh, the pro- are property taxes grand. are fifty grand a year. So, <laughs> are we not counting that? Oh, do you ever? Do you ever eat? eat? Is that for, is that use utilities? Is that something? Oh, you have a phone? No, do you work yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere clothes. Right. You have a nice watch. Oh, those are all gifts. Right. So it's just doing a little bit of more homework. I think she's doing a really good job. She saved a ton. $1.7 million at 53 is absolutely phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. So, but this is your, your high, you make very good income. And so then it's just kind of making sure that people tend to, their living expenses tend to go up when their income goes up. And then especially that age, right at 55, saying, I'm going to cut my expenses in half, or I'm going to cut my living expenses in half. Maybe she's spending a lot of money on different things. She lives in small time, you know, uh, maybe she lives on a farm and there, there's a lot of ancillary expenses in a small of, town, Indiana. A lot of feed for <laughs> there could be the livestock, but um, awesome yeah. job. Way to go. Congratulations on the early retirement. You're really super close. But the, the only thing that could blow her up is that if she the, the expenses are off. Yeah. And, and, and of course, and I'll just kind of say this just to make sure we're clear on this. When we spitball this kind of stuff, we're just going on whatever facts that we have. Right. And, and the thing is, we'll spitball something and that might be good for a year. You want to look at this constantly and adjust and revise depending upon how this actually works out. Right. Probably more than once a year. Yeah. So. Um, all right, show's got your money well. Gung Ho and Hugh Grant in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around. Help new listeners find YMYW by liking, subscribing, and sharing the show on YouTube, and by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for Your Money, Your Wealth in Apple Podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them. Stitcher users, your app will discontinue services at the end of August, so before then, make sure you follow YMYW on any of the other many fine podcast apps that are available. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure financial advisors. Click the get an assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. 
Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Hey, have you ever seen the show Gun Ho? Gun Ho, no. Andy? No, never heard it. Gun Ho or Gung Ho? Michael Keaton? No, I saw Gun Smoke when I was younger. Okay. I was driving into the office today. Yeah. And they're a bunch of construction workers uh, getting ready for their day and they're doing calisthenics. Okay. Have you ever seen that? Never. (laughs) My entire 60 plus year, never seen that. I was like, you know, they're. Doing arm rolls, jumping jacks, Actually, and everything else. Even stranger if they're doing yoga before they. It was great. Yeah. I looked at it and it reminded me of that movie Gung Ho because okay. it was um, a Japanese car dealership came into Detroit. Okay. Or not a car, car dealership, car, car manufacturer. Okay. And so they, they merged. And then so you got these Detroit car makers. And then they're like, well, no, we, we have to do calisthenics in the morning. They're like, what the hell? You know, they're drinking beers. <laughs> and- <laughs> They're on strike. And, Got it. Yeah. So I, I that's what I thought of. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Uh, that, it's that, a movie. Maybe you might want to see it. You get Michael Keaton. You're okay. not a fan, huh? Uh, I like Michael Keaton a lot. Okay. How old is this movie, Joe? Is this like from 20 years ago or something? Oh, uh, this is child. Very, very young childhood. <laughs> Got it. Okay. 80s. 90s. Got it. All right. Um, yeah. So, favorite, favorite actor? Who's your favorite actor? Favorite actor. Ooh, that's a tough one. Harrison Ford is pretty, pretty, pretty high up there. I would say. Wow. Yeah. Are you can watch the new um, Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. How yeah. about how about you? You got one? Not really. No, I like. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah. You know, I like Harrison Ford. I you, went. You know, when I when I when I want to laugh, Hugh Grant. He makes me laugh like no one else. Grant mm-hmm. makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. He does. <laughs> I love his sense of humor. Grant. Mm-hmm. I love for for comedy. I love I love his sense of humor. I, I got I got that was married to Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. Uh, yeah. Or, that or, got or, caught with the British guy. Yeah. 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 Have you ever you, you never seen one of his movies because they're like romantic comedies? No. I, yeah. I saw. <laughs> I was paying attention to how he acts and how comedic his films are, and Joe is paying attention to the seedy <laughs> underbelly of Hugh Grant's life. Yes. Was it like Notting Hill or something? Yeah. Like that? That, that's a great movie. Oh my god. That was terrible. Movie. That was so funny. <laughs> I watched that again and again. <laughs> it's a little rewatchable for you. Totally. Yeah. I, no, I do really enjoy. He was. Um, what was that movie he was just in with? Um, uh, what's the name? Who are you talking about now, Michael Keaton? No, no, no. Hugh Grant with with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I don't know. There's a Guy Ritchie movie. Oh, okay. Not up on that one. Love Guy Ritchie movies too. Yeah, you might have to watch it. The Gentleman. The Gentleman. It's called. It's a really good movie. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll check that one out. It's not your standard Hugh Grant there, Bubba. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I like it. I just don't why, yeah. It's not a comedy. I want you to watch it this weekend. It's not a, romantic, you know. not a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> not really. 